Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we are going to be talking about the body positivity movement eating itself, pun very much intended, and then online socialists are super mad that Jeff Bezos may just be the world's first trillionaire. Oh, the horror. So in a world where Photoshop and Facetune are more common than ever, and where models with seemingly flawless airbrush bodies have millions of followers on Instagram, there is a movement growing to expose the differences between Instagram and reality. I'm not saying that Instagram or social media in general is inherently bad, because I don't think it is, but at the same time, we need to realize that more and more, these large Instagram accounts, especially the corporate ones, they are, I think, at the very least, staged, right? They're not representative of what everyday life looks like. If you follow travel accounts, those accounts don't show you when they post these amazing photos uh, all the hours of travel that goes into getting to those locations or the crowds of tourists or the heaps of trash or pickpocketers or, or whatever it may be that comes with actually being there, right? They only show you the beautiful side of things. There's nothing wrong with that, but as people who are consuming that media, we need to keep in mind that those downsides still exist, right? It's not like these people are living in a perfect utopia themselves. And when it comes to these, I guess, Instagram model accounts, this is especially important for women to keep in mind. Yeah, those people look amazing and I'm sure they work out a lot and eat right, but also, there's still things like angles and lighting and yes, Photoshop that go into a lot of the times making their photos and their bodies look as good as they do. I don't think there's anything wrong with people posting these photos of beautiful places or their beautiful bodies. I don't think we need to resent them for it. But it's just, it's important for ourselves, for us to remember that we shouldn't be comparing our day-to-day -day lives to someone's very curated highlight reel. And a lot of content creators, even themselves who have these accounts, they're trying now to let their followers see a little bit of behind the scenes of what goes into their posts because uh, I think some people who have these large Instagram accounts are maybe not comfortable either with other people idealizing their lives based on what the content they post looks like. Uh, so overall, I'm in favor of this movement, you know, this whole Instagram versus reality type of attitude. Uh, and you would think that the body positivity and fat acceptance movement, who for the longest time have been preaching all this, you know, the magazine covers aren't real life type of rhetoric, you would think that they would be on board with this, on board with this new generation of content creators trying to lift the veil between followers and content creators between these large Instagram accounts and just everyday life, but apparently at least one self-love activist now thinks that because of this, there are actually too many thin people taking up space in the, uh, I guess, self-love body positivity movement. And no, I'm not kidding. We are talking, of course, specifically about one person named Rafaela Manusco, who I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing that name, uh, she has 24,000 Instagram followers, so by no means a small account herself. Uh, she describes herself as a mental illness advocate, and she posts, uh, she seems to post a lot of pictures that deal with, like, fat acceptance and stuff, in that I mean that she is a large woman herself who has a lot of semi-nude photos of herself on her Instagram account. Apparently that counts as activism now. 2020. Uh, she released a series of posts recently that have gotten quite a bit quite a bit of attention, essentially, yeah, calling out these feel-good posts by regular content creators that she thinks are infringing on her body positivity 
territory. Strangest thing, we have the post here. So she's written, I'm sorry, but I have to say it. It really bugs me that thin people are taking up a lot of space in the body positivity slash self-love corner of the internet. I know I'm going to get backlash for this, but it's honestly a major thing for plus size creators. And along with this little text post, she has included one of those images of content creators revealing themselves how their Instagram is maybe not representative of what their body really looks like in the day to day. We have this gorgeous photo of this really fit woman on the bottom and then on the top the same person but from different angles and don't get me wrong she's she doesn't look bad but she looks like an everyday person and not necessarily as perfect as the bottom photo would lead us all to believe. Uh, this person, uh, Rafaela, continues though, a lot of people in smaller bodies are creating content about loving the parts of your body that are deemed bad by society. Is there anything wrong with that? Not at all. Self-love for everyone. Okay, great. So far, no problems with this post at all. But she continues, a lot of these people make big money and have great success creating this content. Also great, yay them. The problem for me, uh-oh, here's where things start to get a little Karen-esque if you ask me, is that I've noticed for myself as well as many other plus size creators in the same corner of the internet is that we don't get half the recognition that slender people do. I find that most slender content creators who promote body acceptance have to distort their body in order to show off their imperfections. And then included with this wall of text, we have an image of a woman who again on the left looks very perfect for lack of a better word, very fit. And then on the right, there's a little bit more of a candid shot with her just slouching, probably standing like a lot of us do. And she has a little bit of a belly. I don't think that's her distorting her body to show off an imperfection. I think that's her just being very frank that it's not as if she doesn't an I'm referring to the Instagram model here. It's not as if she doesn't have extra fat or anything. It's just that a lot of the poses that look the best kind of do maybe involve some sucking in or tucking in of fat here or there. I don't think that's distorting anyone's body. The series of posts continues, everyone is allowed to be self-conscious or have problems loving parts of their body. But unlike these influencers, I can't just put away my problem areas and continue on in the world. I don't have the luxury of standing up straight or pulling up my pants and then suddenly being a perfect fit for society's ideal beauty standard. Essentially here, she's mad that the people doing some of the Instagram versus reality posts are too perfect and that she doesn't even she's more I guess marginalized because she doesn't even have the ability to have the Instagram version of herself because she has too many imperfections. I think she has totally missed the point of what these people are trying to do with these posts. It's not to say that they aren't still you know conventionally attractive they are. It's not to say that they don't have, I guess, certain physical attributes that other people, even on their best days, don't have because they do, but it's to show that even they, as perfect as they may look, aren't actually perfect. So this person, she's so firmly in a pit of self-pity that she can't even realize that she's upset that people who are even less perfect looking like her aren't getting more of the attention. It's like, this isn't meant to be a competition of who looks the least Instagram ready. It's to acknowledge that nobody really looks like that. It's not to say that people still don't have varying, varying degrees of attractiveness. It's just that what we see on social media is curated and she she's suddenly turned this into a oh but they're still better looking than me it's like this is that's not what this is about she's making this into a competition why 
Still not over though. Unlike them, she says, I don't have thin privilege. I can't take out my fatness when it's convenient or advantageous for me and live the rest of my day without scrutiny or being shamed. And yet these accounts have hundreds of thousands of followers, even millions. People love these accounts. It allows them to feel good about themselves without having to confront their internalized fat phobia. Okay, them actually being thin or I'm not sure if she's referring to the content creators or their audiences, but it has nothing to do with fat, ph fat phobia, okay? The reason why these accounts tend to have more followers than accounts who only preach self-acceptance and body love is that people get tired of hearing, I'm big and beautiful, look at me. The reason why these fitness accounts who post these candid shots are kind of a, a novelty is because their accounts aren't solely dedicated to that, if that makes sense. Like, millions of people don't just want to follow a body positivity activist who only posts body positivity content because that's not interesting. These are other types of content creators like fitness or fashion that just happen to now and then post, by the way, guys, remember, I'm not perfect. Um, it's not that people are fat phobic. It's that people are just not interested in hearing 24 seven about how we need to find you beautiful, even though you're plus size. Okay. Two very different things. She continues, I could post the same photo and not get any engagement from it. Why is that? Because people inherently believe that my body is bad, whether consciously or not. Okay. People are more attractive by and large to thinner people. I don't know what else I'm supposed to say to that. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Biology, I don't know. She says, it's so hard. I would love to be able to support myself by doing what I love and help people through social media. The problem is that my body isn't as palatable, but instead it's these slender influencers that are making big bucks from brand deals, creating their own fashion lines, receiving massive opportunities instead of those living in more marginalized bodies who are portraying the same message. Wanna use your slender body to promote self-love? Terrific, but also feature marginalized bodies on your account as well. Again, she just does not understand that the reason why these creators are so big isn't because of their self-love content, it's because of their other content and they happen to just throw in now again, hey, I'm not perfect. Um, who, who wants to follow in the millions someone who only ever talks about how marginalized they are and how depressing current beauty standards are? Not that many people. It really just sounds like she's jealous that people who are better looking than her are also now preaching the same message she is because then frankly what good is she i guess like why follow someone like her who is bitter and i don't know kind of seems like a karen when you can get the same message from someone who is more positive and posts a variety of content doesn't seem like there would be much reason if you ask me um so she obviously got a lot of pushback from that post because it kind of seems like she's ragging on people who are actually trying to boost her message just because they have bigger followings than her and are more attractive than her so she actually released a follow-up post and video. So we're gonna take a look at that here. In the fat community, I technically have what is called like, I'm like, well, I am technically a small fat, which means I can sit in most chairs comfortably. Um, I've never had to ask for a seatbelt extender on an airplane, but sometimes I almost have. I can sometimes squish into straight sizes when I'm shopping and I'm not as, disrespected or dismissed by a medical professional if I'm seeking help. And I have that privilege, right? And that's something I want to recognize 
Therefore, we need to listen to people whose bodies are even bigger than mine because they deserve respect and they also deserve to be heard, as well as people of color. This, I think in a nutshell, is why these different progressive movements are never gonna really go the distance, right? Because they're always about establishing a hierarchy of oppression, right? Even if you have the same goals, you can't just work together because certain people are gonna take, I don't know, preferential places over others, right? Uh, we have these people preaching self-love, but oh, they are too thin and conventionally attractive, so this person is complaining. And we have this person who herself is plus size, but wait, she's just small fat, so she needs to pass the, the microphone over to people who are just even bigger than her or more non-white than her, and it's like... You, you can't have a functioning society if all you ever do is categorize people into their differences. Um, don't send hate toward this person because as ridiculous as I, th as I think a lot of the things she's saying are, uh, she's at least still, it seems open to dialogue and things like that. So don't, don't try to harass her or anything. I just wanted to point this out because this is, even though it's focusing on body positivity, what we see happening all the time in things like politics, uh, media, et cetera, et cetera. It's just so frustrating. And by the way, uh, this is a story that someone tagged me in on Instagram and I really appreciate that. And if you guys ever see anything that you want me to comment on, definitely feel free to send it my way. I would love to see it. All right, so moving on. Jeff Bezos is apparently going to be the world's first trillionaire by 2026, according to some outlets. And socialists are now online using this as, I don't know, a way to display their intense hatred and envy toward people more wealthy than them. And they're also doing a good job of showcasing their utter and complete ignorance when it comes to finances and economics while doing so. Uh, I'm not saying you cannot criticize Jeff Bezos and Amazon as a company, their hiring practices or whatever it is, you certainly can. But I think when you look at some of what these socialists are saying, which we're going to do in a second, um, they seem to more come from the, the angle of, I hate that you're richer than me, which is, is not not productive. Uh, we have some posts here. So this is actually one of the more productive ones and what I think a good criticism of Jeff Bezos slash Amazon looks like. This person says, Jeff Bezos has made more than 34 billion during this pandemic. I think he can afford to pay his employees a living wage and provide them paid sick leave. So this isn't necessarily based on envy or greed or anything like that, but it is fair to say they're a large corporation. They should be taking care of their employees. Uh, I think there is an issue right now with Amazon and the whole working conditions and sick leave, which I'm totally fine with people speaking out about. In regard to the living wage, though, I think it needs to be pointed out that like them or hate them, Amazon does have a $15 minimum wage for their workers across the company, which we've seen touted as a living wage by progressive activists when it comes to the federal minimum wage debate. So I, it kind of seems like you need to cut them some slack, at least on the living wage thing. We also have this person saying, robbing Jeff Bezos is legal and ethical. It's what Jesus would have wanted. We see this type of rhetoric from socialists all the time. Oh, Jesus was a socialist. No, he was not. Jesus never condoned taking something from someone through force, whether that's government coercion or just straight up robbery, as this person is 
advocating for. Jesus never advocated for that in, in any way, shape, or form. What Jesus advocates for is charity. I think it is fair to say that Jeff Bezos, what Jesus would have wanted for him, it's to give more money to charity, which is true for absolutely all of us. That's fair. It is not fair to say that Jeff Be or that Jesus would have voted for Bernie Sanders because he wants people to be compelled to give to charity. Also, robbery, never, never an ethical thing to do. I don't care how rich the other person is. It makes you immoral to want to do that to someone, and it doesn't make someone else greedy for wanting to keep the fruits of their own labor, or socialists would dispute that. But it, it doesn't make someone greedy for wanting to keep their own wealth. Jeff Bezos is going to be the first trillionaire and still won't pay someone to make Amazon's video service user interface not be crap. This isn't a political point. I just wanted to include it because... I very much agree. Frankly, Amazon video, it's just the the interface is, is terrible. Just trash. This other post says, Americans literally buying everything on Amazon. News, Jeff Bezos get got $300 billion richer during the shutdown. Americans, what? This is an outrage. Billionaires are taking all our money, adds Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto to cart. Uh, so yeah, this is a very good point. And I think you, you can't complain and wonder why Jeff Bezos is getting richer. Oh, was it because he's exploiting workers during this hard time? While you start using his company like 50 times more than you were before. Right? He's rich because everybody gives him money. Here we have the Party for Socialism and Liberation, and we can already tell that, oh, this is going to be an absolutely nonsensical take. They say, essential Amazon workers risk their lives every day so Jeff Bezos can hoard billions for his non-essential personal wealth since the workers make Amazon's profits possible. What could we pay if we turned Amazon into a public utility and spent that money on the people's need? We hear this all the time. Again, the idea that someone like Jeff Bezos is hoarding wealth. Um, hoarding billions, apparently, for his non-essential wealth. This is how you know that these people don't understand finance, right? By, based on reading posts like this, you would assume that under his mattress or in some sort of giant vault guarded by a dragon, Jeff Bezos just has billions of dollars worth of cash that he's taken out of the economy to hoard for no other reason just to be like, yes, I have this money not how the economy works. First off, as other people have pointed out, a lot of Jeff Bezos' net worth is actually due to the evaluation of Amazon as a company and the stocks that he owns in the company, right? So it's not necessarily that he has billions and billions in the bank. I'm sure he has more than the average person in the bank. Absolutely. But he owns stocks that have been evaluated to be of a certain worth. That's different than just having billions and hoarding wealth. To actually take all of Jeff Bezos's money and use it to do other things, he would need to sell all of his shares in Amazon. I'm not sure you could offload that much money worth of Amazon shares in order to get the cash back. Like, does that make sense? Uh, additionally, a lot of the money that he does have in the bank, again, when banks see an account with like millions or even billions of dollars, whatever it may be, that money is not just sitting there. Think about it. We have a fractional reserve banking system. What does that mean? Well, it means that banks don't make all of their money uh, off of the small service fees that they charge you or however much they charge you for your like your little checking account. No, the way that banks make so much money is by taking 
money that people like Jeff Bezos have in their savings account that they know Jeff Bezos isn't going to be taking out anytime soon. And what they do is they loan out that money. So Jeff Bezos' wealth, no, is not just sitting there. He's not hoarding it. It's being lent out by banks to people who want a mortgage, to people who want a small business loan or a student loan, right? That's where banks get the money they loan out to people is by wealthy people having money in the bank that they don't use. Uh, so the idea that no, anyone's hoarding wealth, they are not. That's not how that works. You could say, you could argue that instead of it, you know, being in the bank and being loaned out to people for profit, he should just give it to charity. I would actually, I, you know, I would be willing to listen to that. But even as the system stands, what Jeff Bezos is doing, no, he's not hoarding anything. Uh, we also have this piece here by Jacobin Magazine pretty much condemning the the uh, capitalist system that we live in. It says, Bezos has long been the richest man on the planet, but the fact that he continues to pile up interminable mounds of money, Scrooge McDuck style during such an intense economic downturn, exposes anew the depravities of our economic system. For one person to be so obscenely wealthy while so many people are barely hanging on is not just disturbing and immoral, is an, it is an attack on democratic principles and the ability for everyone to live a dignified life. Now, now again, I am not here to defend Jeff Bezos as a person. I think if you are as wealthy as he is, which he does, he has a lot of personal wealth, he should absolutely be charitable as we all should be. He should, I feel, uh, have a responsibility morally, just, you know, for, from his own sense of self to help those in need. He does give to charity. Again, it could be argued that he should give more to charity, but th the idea here that him having wealth hurts other people, that's a very zero-sum game way to uh, look at the economy, which is just not backed up by how the economy actually works. And we have some research here that our lovely producer, Liam, uh, took the time to get. Thank you, Liam. That actually shows that in a capitalist economy, it is possible for everyone to be getting richer, right? Just because Jeff Bezos has billions, that doesn't mean he's taken it or exploited it from other people. We have this here. The average income in the most capitalist quartile of countries is an astonishing six times higher in real terms than the average income in the least capitalist economies, $36,770 and $6,140 respectively. For the poorest in society, this gap widens even more. The bottom 10% of income earners in the most capitalist countries make, on average, seven times more than the poorest 10% in the least free economies. Similarly, more than 27% of people in the most socialist economies live in extreme poverty, as defined by the World Bank as an income of less than $1.90 a day, whereas just 1.8% of people in the freest economies live in said extreme poverty, a figure that is still too high, the optimal number is zero, but vastly better than the level that persists in the least free countries. Socialists have this idea that the pie, I guess, like the share of economy that rich people and poor people have is finite. Therefore, if rich people are getting richer, that must mean that poor people are getting poorer. When we look at the numbers, that is just not the case, right? Wealth, especially in a capitalist economy, it's actually in a sense, infinite, it can keep growing. And we have seen that. Uh, so the idea that because Jeff Bezos is so wealthy, people in America are suffering is not backed up by the fact that even poor people in America are still so much wealthier than, you know, middle class people in a socialist country, an actual socialist country, not just a Nordic country with a welfare system. Uh, but the, uh, the lefty article continues, just imagine if Bezos's wealth, rather than being used to buy the priciest house ever sold in California, 
California went to funding universal health care, housing, child care, and so much more for millions of workers. Just imagine if Bezos was knocked from his plutocratic pedestal and unionized Amazon workers became the anchor of an economy that had no use for billionaires, much less trillionaires. Okay. To me, it is hilarious when socialists decry the existence of billionaires and trillionaires while at the same time trying to plan their socialist utopias with free, i.e. taxpayer-funded uh, healthcare and childcare on the backs of billionaires and trillionaires, right? You, you can't have it both ways, right? Either billionaires and trillionaires shouldn't exist or we need them to exist so we can we can tax them because trust me if, if you tax people and businesses as much as you wanted to there would not be as much wealth as you are planning for it um so here again people are making it seem like because jeff bezos has this huge house that we can't pay for health care jeff bezos gave that money for that house to someone right construction workers had to build that house uh, furniture companies had to furnish it there are all these levels of, of workers industries that people like jeff bezos are supporting and again i'm not here to defend what he does with his money by and large or amazon's uh attitude and practices toward its employees but just know that this resentment you have, the idea that Amazon and Jeff Bezos is the reason why people in America aren't doing better, it is completely false. It is false. It is a, a notion that's built on nothing but envy and greed, right? Wanting to steal from other people doesn't make you virtuous. It just makes you greedy. We Let's talk more of as a society about charity if we want him to redistribute his wealth, but let's not fall into the trap of socialism or even straight up communism. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say for this episode though. And as always, I would love to hear what you think. Why is there so much resentment to people like Jeff Bezos right now, even at a time when for the longest, I guess, period of months before the pandemic, the US economy was really as strong as it's ever been. What is causing this resentment and the growth of socialism? In your opinion, let me know. That's it for now though. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.